Welcome to Market Matters, our markets podcast on making sense, the hub for JP Morgan corporate and investment bank podcasts. In this episode of Market Matters, we'll hear from the market data and positioning intelligence teams within our data assets and alpha group. They'll be talking about key macro, micro, and political themes in the context of our high-frequency trading data and proprietary signals from J.P. Morgan's markets business. Hi, I'm John Schlegel, and I'm back with my colleague Andrew Tyler for another conversation about the macro and positioning backdrop for markets. Since we last spoke in early November, we've seen signs of inflation cooling, though central bank rhetoric in the U.S. and Europe remains relatively hawkish, while U.S. equity markets are basically unchanged, but Europe and China continue to rally. We're just kicking off a new year, and the Fed, inflation, and China seem to be very much in focus, so we'll try to cover some of our salient views over the next few minutes. Drew, it's good to see you. Happy New Year. Jumping right in, has anything changed over the last four to six weeks regarding expectations for the Fed, and how does this tie into your market views on inflation? John, great seeing you too. Thanks for having me. I would say the biggest changes are, number one, and the evolution of how people think about disinflationary trends, number two, how they view labor markets, and number three, the concept of financial conditions. To give more detail, with disinflation, this is now consensus, but there remains uncertainty over the pace. For example, we could see the EU experience a 100 basis point decline in year-over-year headline inflation. In the U.S., expectations are for a 50 basis point decline in the January 12th CPI print, but some clients think we could see a 70 to 80 basis point fall. An 80 basis point decline would mean headline year-over-year inflation comes in at 6.3%. In terms of labor markets, while there have been headlines about job losses in the tech sector, recent aggregate jobs data shows a labor market that has resisted Fed rate hikes and remains very tight. Clients have expressed a range of views on how long this labor market tightness remains, with some expecting the unemployment rate to jump 100 basis points or more this year, whereas some are of the view that labor markets are unlikely to materially change. The J.P. Morgan House view from U.S. Chief Economist Mike Faroli is that we see about 1 million jobs lost this year, taking the unemployment rate from about 3.7% to 4.3% at the end of this year. Lastly, regarding financial conditions, the Fed minutes on January 4th highlighted this as another variable to consider along with inflation and labor markets. Using the Bloomberg Financial Conditions Index, the index has fallen about 25% since the end of the third quarter of last year, meaning conditions have gotten looser. This is not what the Fed wants, and this was addressed in the minutes. The Fed is likely to reinforce their message that a pause is not a pivot and that a pivot is not forthcoming in 2023. Thanks, Drew. That's great color. Given the market's focus on inflation, can you give us any more details on your views there? Certainly. So currently, our J.P. Morgan economics team sees headline year-over-year inflation declining from 7.1% to 5.5% over the next three prints. That would mean 6.5% this week, followed by 6.1% in February, and finally 5.5% in March. Year-over-year core inflation is expected to decline from 6% to 5.7% this week, and then the next two prints are forecasted to be 5.4% and 5.2%. Longer term, the downside risk comes from two sources. First is China's reopening, which could push commodity prices higher, and two, services inflation given the strength in wage growth. That said, how are you seeing the current positioning landscape across the U.S. investor base? Given the choppy end to last year and lack of so-called Santa Claus rally, it's probably no surprise that positioning remains fairly light in the U.S. In aggregate, we see positioning tilted fairly low across investors, with the level of positioning tracked by our tactical positioning monitor at a negative 0.8 standard deviation level, or the 11th percentile since 2015. To give further perspective, this was at positive 0.8 standard deviations above average a year ago, 
but it remains above last year's low of negative 1.2 standard deviations, which it hit in both mid-June and late September. Notably, it seems like hedge funds, at least, are preparing for a bearish start to the year, given we saw strong short additions in December, hedge fund gross and net leverage remain quite low, and CTA positioning in U.S. equities dip back to the fourth percentile relative to the past 20 years. Aside from hedge funds, retail investors appear to remain quite cautious, as there was very strong selling into year-end, while asset managers remain somewhat underpositioned, even if they aren't quite as bearish as others. Given the backdrop, we think the overall level of positioning and flows are not yet negative enough to suggest a bounce is necessarily imminent. Additionally, our signal from the noise indicator has not turned positive either, as both the fundamental and positioning signals are not suggesting upside. However, given we're starting off the new year at one of the most bearish levels of positioning that we've seen at the start of a year, we'd be mindful of the potential for a short squeeze in the U.S. at some stage. Given the strong interest in Chinese equities and the differential between U.S. EMEA economic outlooks, can you give us an overview of how those regions are set up? Drew, you're right that there seems to be strong focus on Chinese equities, which is perhaps not surprising given the shift in tone we're seeing from policymakers and markets. As we see it, China saw very strong buying across ADRs, Hong Kong-listed stocks, and local China stocks in late November through early December of last year. However, much of this took a pause towards the end of the year, and it's too early to say if a trend towards buying is picking up again, although performance of China-linked equities has been very good in the first few days of the year. From a hedge fund standpoint, at least, we think positioning has increased well off the lows and is actually quite high in local China stocks, but that's not the case yet for Hong Kong stocks or Chinese ADRs. To briefly comment on Europe, it hasn't performed as well as China, but it has remained quite strong, and we saw flows and positioning generally remain more positive towards year-end, both in the hedge fund flows we track across our prime brokerage division and based on how we think CTAs are positioned. Thank you for that. It is a very interesting setup to begin the year. Coming back to the U.S., can you give us some more details on sectors, such as which sectors appear to be consensus longs or consensus shorts? Sure, Drew. Perhaps unsurprisingly, one of the biggest areas of apparent consensus is the negativity towards TMT and consumer discretionary sectors. Flows across hedge funds, ETS, and retail have been skewed towards selling or shorting these groups over the past one to three months, and hedge fund net positioning is quite low relative to the past in tech hardware, software, and media and entertainment stocks. Semis and telecom are the areas within TMT that are more neutral. As for where the consensus is long, Staples is one that stands out for having quite strong flows for the past year and relatively high positioning, while healthcare also appears to be a somewhat consensus long. Drew, given this positioning setup, where do you see the best tactical opportunities and or risks? My macro view is that equities will remain challenged as long as the Fed remains active with its tightening cycle. I do think equities will continue to be driven by fixed income markets, specifically the dollar and bond yields. I would advocate a market-neutral approach where applicable and think long should focus on a combination of value, defensive, and quality factors. From a sector perspective, consider longs in energy and healthcare. Regarding energy, with WTI trading near the bottom of its $75 to $90 near-term range, we like owning energy equities. Though the spread between energy ETFs and WTI broadened over the fourth quarter of last year, and we could see some more compression before the group moves higher. For shorts, tech is likely to remain challenged, especially unprofitable tech and semiconductors may continue their weakness as scarcity transforms to surplus. Real estate and REITs are another area where the pathway is lower. Very interesting. Thank you. These trades are defensive in nature. 
Are you expecting a recession? And if so, what is your view on the impact to equities? The short answer is yes, I do expect a recession. While I expect the strength of the U.S. consumer to buttress any economic slowdown, that strength is a double-edged sword in the sense that there's a risk that the Fed reinitiates the tightening cycle after pausing, and this occurring in the second half of 2023. Alternatively, we could see an increase in layoffs curtail spending, which also leads to a recession, but without the Fed reactivating its tightening cycle. The market impact of the first scenario of the Fed pausing and then coming back to retighten is negative for equities, and we would anticipate falling below the lows established in 2022. In the second scenario, I would anticipate a more positive outcome aligned with our global chief strategist, Marco Kalanovic, who sees a retesting of last year's lows in the first half of this year before finishing the year with a positive overall return. From a position perspective, what do you look for to shape your view on a recession? In U.S. equities, given the bearish tilting positioning, I'd be looking more for times when this gets too negative and triggers a tactical rally, since even in a recessionary scenario, it's unlikely to be a steady path lower. However, I'll also be watching for how flows and positioning in fixed income and credit play out. One thing we saw last year around the equity lows was a flight to buying short-term treasury ETFs in the U.S. When this gets extreme, it has often been a good contrarian indicator, and it has started to pick up again in December, though not to an extreme level. In credit, it seems hedge funds and CTAs got more bullish towards the end of the year, but if we get a recession, it would seem there could be downside first, even if credit holds up better than equities over the cycle. Andrew, it's always great to catch up with you and compare our views. To summarize our key points, while inflation seems set to decline in the near term, there are risks due to China's reopening pushing commodities higher and services inflation remaining sticky. And with financial conditions loosening a bit in recent months, it seems the Fed will remain hawkish and a recession is likely. From the positioning side, investors appear quite cautious in U.S. equities, but the lack of capitulation or improvement in fundamental metrics suggests it's still hard to call for a sustainable rally. With that said, we'll be watching for potential short squeezes given the overall negativity that is already present, while also watching to see whether flows into China and Europe remain bullish. We'll wrap it up there. Finally, we'd like to say thank you to our listeners for tuning into this podcast. If you're enjoying this conversation, you can subscribe to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Follow JP Morgan's Making Sense on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. The views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily reflect the views of JP Morgan Chase and Co. and its affiliates. Together, JP Morgan. They are not the product of J.P. Morgan's research department and do not constitute a recommendation, advice, or an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or financial instrument. This podcast is intended for institutional and professional investors only and is not intended for retail investor use. It is provided for information purposes only. Reference products and services in this podcast may not be suitable for you and may not be available in all jurisdictions. J.P. Morgan may make markets and trade as principal in securities and other asset classes and financial products that may have been discussed. For additional disclaimers and regulatory disclosures, please visit www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclosures forward slash sales and trading disclaimer.